0: All over the house this evening Let's begin worshiping the Lord We're going to sing an old hymn of the church Where could I go to but to the Lord standing for prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we glorify your name. Lord, we welcome you in this place tonight as we get ready Lord, to continue in the worship and Lord, those that have a part in singing or playing God or the message today let it be for the glory and honor of you. Lord, those that are joining online, Father, let them experience you wherever they may be right now and feel the presence of God in the place that they are. And for that, we give you the praise the glory and the honor. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Will you take just a few moments and greet those around you at this time? God bless you. remain standing. Let's join back in worship. We're going to sing some old praise choruses of the church. Uh, This first one we're going to sing is I am covered, covered, covered by his blood. So let's worship together.
1: Save your hands, for I have been covered by the blood, blood of the land. Land. A mm-hmm. Oh, with my hands and
0: of you in this place today father i pray that you would speak to our hearts lord in the service tonight god we know there is no name like jesus so god that is our hearts cry today that there is something about the name of jesus you are precious you are a savior you are a master you are redeemer that's the god that we serve today so that's our cry Go home and just love on the Lord and just tell him how much you love him today.
1: Wonderful too.
0: Oh, you just take just a moment and just tell the Lord how much you love him today. Father, we just glorify you. We magnify the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your presence. We have felt in this house today. God, Lord, for the many lives that have been touched, transformed by the power of Jesus. Lord, we give you thanks and glory and honor for that. Lord, you didn't have to come by and visit, but you did that we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. The body of Christ together said amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord if you can tonight. I'm going to ask you if all possible to turn in your Bibles to the book of 2 Peter chapter number 3. The book of 2 Peter chapter number 3. Let me say as you're turning there I want to make mention or let you know I appreciate the efforts of praise team and the worship team this morning of just kind of following along with the leading of the spirit. I know many of them did not get to come off of the rostrum this morning. They had to sit in place and be on live stream and cameras and some of them don't like the way they look on cameras and they don't want to be seen on camera and uh, they would have rather been on the front pew and uh, but uh, I appreciate them just kind of hanging with with the way the service was going hanging with the preacher hanging with the service and kind of Keeping going with us as we track along this thing together. Boy, did we not have a good time in the Lord this morning. I do believe that the Lord uh, came, came by, not come by, he came by today very distinctly uh, to minister to some folks who really needed a touch from the Lord. Uh, I know many of us may not know the nature of why someone may be in the altar. Uh, really, in reality, it doesn't really matter. Uh, what their reasoning is why they're in the altar Uh, all that matters is they get what they came looking for and uh, there was quite a few in the service this morning i know that uh, had heavy hearts their their hearts were 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 weighed down uh, but i do believe god gave them a little bit of encouragement today along the journey of faith and i believe that some even may have left the service this morning Afterwards, it may have not come to the altar, but they left encouraged in the body today, in the body of Christ. And so, um, I, I do want to always give credit to the Lord. I do believe He deserves all the credit for everything that happens in the service. So we thank Him for that. and Everybody that had a part—Sunday school teachers and media personnel that had to, you know, adjust on the fly today—we uh, appreciate everybody's efforts. Those joining online, let me say I welcome you, or we welcome you to church tonight. And hope you're blessed. Uh, by the music as well as the preaching of the word today. As you continue uh, get ready to look in the Bible, don't forget, please sign up if you're going to be at the uh, senior adult uh, breakfast. Uh, we just need to know how many's coming. We need to know how to prepare for you on uh, Saturday. Anybody in that 50-55 age gap and older. All uh, the reason I come is because I help I help fit the bill. So that's the reason I come. So uh, the rest of us. Uh, uh, normally if Brianna comes it's just because she looks better than I do and we know everybody wants her there instead of me anyway so we just let her come along and uh but uh so make sure that uh, you sign up for that uh, I I just so excited today after I was leaving the or uh, leaving the church and I went and ate lunch and got home today and Brianna fell asleep in the chair and she was out 30 seconds when got home I was sitting there just thumbing through the the uh tv and then just kind of listening to it more audibly than anything else i was just replaying today's service and you know for a pastor there's a couple things in a in a journey of a pastor that that he enjoys doing yes he enjoys preaching you know but that most of the time he unless the spirit of the lord moves more often than not he's going to preach but things that are special occasions we love baby dedications we always love the whole little babies we love to see the church grow we love to dedicate it back to the lord and give them a gift we love graduations though we're sad to see seniors go off to college we're proud that we can invest in them and send them off into their global mission field to be witnesses for jesus christ and their world and, and, and things like that and we love baptisms we love when people want to give a profession if you will of faith uh to god and man to say hey look i love jesus and uh you know and uh, i had somebody i heard them overheard them uh talking uh today or this uh, afternoon asking, you know, I believe they're asking my dad, but, uh, you know, did he get an opportunity to baptize me when I was a kid? And the answer to that question was actually yes. Uh, he did as well. And then obviously Micah today. And so it's kind of been a generational thing, if you will. And uh, it's just something special about that, uh, being able to see uh, not only your loved ones, but especially if you get to be a part of the moment and to get to baptize them. And uh, when he was trying to get baptized the last time, he kind of freaked out a little bit. It wasn't really his thing. Uh, he got real nervous and came running back to the seat where I was sitting like I, I can't do that and uh, too many people watching and so we we've been working with him a little bit over the last uh, you know uh, if you will couple uh, of weeks and just talking him through it and saying all right you're gonna be all right we talk through what it's gonna be like I'm gonna be right there we uh, he that he still was a little nervous this morning but uh, but I noticed when he got done and I was still baptized whatever he was running around telling me he went to just to care and other people he is so excited he was just he was like I did it I, I went under I did it I, he was so excited and uh, I thought I wish that you know everybody had that level of excitement about Jesus that when they did something great when they had a milestone moment that they couldn't wait to tell everybody who would listen about um, about what Jesus has done in their life and so he got his little baptism shirt I already tell his family when they were leaving he was like can I wear it to school tomorrow so that everybody at school knows I'm baptized I'm thinking that's a white shirt please don't you'll get it dirty (laughs) Uh, I've already already got one white shirt down for the day mine let's don't wear one yours too so uh, but uh, he was so excited about that but but it's just things like that just you know it just it sets the atmosphere of the day it sets the atmosphere if we had came back to church tonight nobody would have showed up or if you did show up half of you said look we're we're too tired we can't come back let's go to a huddle house waffle house whatever and we disbanded and left that'd been great because my soul if you will was satisfied just from the experiences this morning of the church the services and the spirit of the lord and the baptism even if we didn't even have tonight god was good to us today he just was absolutely good to us and um to say it was an off week you know based on how paychecks typically fall and you know in church finances you kind of can always tell when is the weeks people get paid and how it works still had a great day in offerings and giving them to the lord we had lots of people out in fact sister uh, april craven her whole family is out maybe maybe hadley uh, i did get a report she has got um, a severe ear infection and she's contracted pink eye at the same time so she's really in a mess and so they're all in a in a mess there and and um and ashley and david are feeling better doing better but uh, Peyton, which is their little girl um, uh, ended up had, taking a bad fall today and they're not sure if she's broken something and so they were at the ER uh, most of the afternoon hoping that there's no broken bones and, uh, and her, her ankle and her leg and so there's a lot of things a lot of people are out today Brother Marianne had to work Brother Corey had to work just various people had to work uh, I'm glad to see Brother Wendell back with us tonight uh, but I know he was unable to be with us this morning with all the moving parts and pieces and others that may have not been able to be here this morning. God still lets 70 people hear the gospel this morning in church. God is good, church. God is good. Yeah, I think we can give the Lord praise to that. You, that's fine. Um, it's not about the numerical value, but it is about that there are people, especially visitors this morning, I don't know if we'll ever get the opportunity, but they at least got to hear the gospel one more time. And hopefully something encouraged them today. My assignment tonight is to give you something to encourage you for this week i understand when we talk about sunday night services i'm not talking most of the time i'm not talking to a bunch of visitors i'm not talking to probably a bunch of unsaved folks Um, most of the time on sunday night the old adage is you have the cream of the crop you've got the people who love jesus they came back they want to hear the word again they they love jesus with all their heart so they come back again so a lot of times sunday night it's kind of like you're thinking okay god these people know as much as i do so you know what You know, this is not like I have a a brand new audience every week and things like that. And um, I came across, uh, I was thinking about this today, and I had had this um, thought a while back, came across uh, it, and I hope it encourages you uh, tonight. Um, And some of this you're going to know. I'm just going to set it up by saying some of this you'll already know. You're probably going to think, well, I preach, I already know that. Well, good. That's great. Just stay with me through the journey. Uh, and hopefully there'll be something that will encourage you. 2 Peter chapter 3 starting at verse 10. If you can stand I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's word. If you're able, if not, we completely understand. If you have a Bible that gives like little headers, some of it will say new heaven and new earth. Some will say the day of the Lord as your header over the top of verse 10. It'll have some kind of what this paragraph may be about. When it's talking about the day of the Lord here, it is referring to when time is coming to an end and, you know, the new heaven, new earth, the transport, but the day of the Lord, the arrival. Look at what it says. When the time comes, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, unannounced, unexpected, just a surprise, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements of this earth will melt with fervent heat. Both earth and the works of it will be burned up, the destruction of earth, what we know here today. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, since we know this is happening, watch the question. What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct, godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being with fire, and the elements will melt? What he's saying is, since you know that there's coming a time that this is all going to pass away, heaven and earth will pass away, we're going to have a new heaven and new earth. Since you know that's going to happen, the question is, when you get past all of the King James and New King James English, what he's saying is, what are you going to do now? Now that you know of it, what kind of person, What? Are you, how are you going to live? What's your, what's your plan to usher in the coming of the day of the Lord? Nevertheless, we, according to his promises, we look. For the new heavens and the new earth, in which righteousness dwells. So the question that I want to pose to you tonight, for us to think about, is the same question that was posed by Second and by Peter in Second Peter in verse uh, 11. He says, "What manner of persons ought you be in conduct and godliness?" So my question is, how shall we live? How do we live from right now till He comes back? What should our life look like from right now till Gabriel's concerto when he blows that trumpet and we all transition out of here? What do we do from April the, uh, the 16th all the way now until whatever time it is when Gabriel blows the trumpet? What do we do now? Because I will tell you before we pray and we are seated in the house of the Lord, we cannot go back and fix April 15th. And we can't go back to April 14th. In fact, we can't go back five years and fix things. But everything we do from now forward can have a direct implication on how that we usher in the coming of the day of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, best of my ability, help me to preach your word today to your people. God, help me to hide behind the cross so that you are high and lifted up, because that's when you draw all men unto yourself. Take a coal from the altar of heaven and on these lips of clay and allow me to preach your word to the people of God. Father, I pray that God, every song that has been sung and every message that has been preached today, every scripture that has been read in the hearing of this body, something of value in golden nuggets of truth, would make heartfelt residency. God, we would not just be hearers of this word, but doers thereof likewise, and leave this place truly being able to say, it was good to be in your presence. For that, we give you all praise and glory and honor. Together, the people of God declare amen. You may be seated if you can in the presence of the Lord. Notice what Peter asked 2 Peter chapter 3. What manner of persons ought you be in holy conduct or godliness? As you see the coming of the Lord approaching, how do you plan on living? I began to think about that statement. As you see the day of the Lord coming, Approaching, how do you live? Well, unless you've absolutely been living under a complete and total rock for the last, well, I don't know, a little while, if you haven't lived under there, you know that the coming of the Lord is getting more imminent every day as the clock ticks by. In reality, we always have heard preachers preach and say, we're closer now than he's ever been before. Jesus' coming is more nigh now. It's closer now than it's ever been And in reality, that's true, because that's one step closer to the final day of his coming. But I think it would scare people to know really how quickly we may be to his actual visible return. It may not be another 30 years, church. It may not even be another 10 years. In fact, based on biblical prophecies and preaching, in fact, just about everything that's needed to happen, wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famines and pestilence and global pandemics, all of the things Jesus described in Matthew as this coming, the signs of the coming of the times, uh, as all happened, he could come back right now and still fulfill prophecy. Right now. Before this message is concluded, he could take us out of here right now and still be within order. I've had conversations over the last couple of days and have listened to You don't think this thing's wrapping up. There's a lot of things you don't understand. And some people, they don't get into the CNN, Fox News, and all these things. And, and, you know, I know it gets discouraging. There is an open forum, if you will, or an open exchange right now that is sweeping the market called the Bitcoin. Bitcoin is not owned by a financial institution is not owned by a government entity it's an open share exchange in order to purchase a Bitcoin you have to take your money you have to go to an exchange that works with Bitcoin and you have to exchange your money for a Bitcoin one coin now you can buy it in sections a piece of a Bitcoin or parts of a Bitcoin. it's digital currency what as of yesterday one Bitcoin would cost you over $30,000 to just own one of them in fact, just a couple of weeks ago It was around uh, 24,000, around 20,000, and in fact, about two and a half months ago, or three months ago, it was at 16,000. That's how much it is advanced in a short amount of time. If you don't know a lot about history, prior to the World War II days, the English pound was the currency that had the most value, if you will. It was the currency of the day that had the most. Europe had the most power, England had the most power, everything. But what happened during the war, all the France's and Germany's and Italy's and England, people started bombing each other and factories and, and things that, that were uh, of, of the Industrial Revolution and things like that were, were factories and stuff being destroyed. And in that moment, the United States swept in because we weren't being hit. And we kind of started bartering and we started printing what we call the American dollar. And we started exchanging it for gold. And we were telling other countries, hey, listen, you give us some of your oil and we'll give you the dollar to help you build your infrastructure back. And we started basically buying their resources, buying their oil, and buying their, their uh, gold and other things in exchange for this uh, American dollar. The dollar didn't really have anything to back it up because we didn't have that much gold yet. We just kept buying and doing this and selling and we'd get in debt and different things like that. Well... The dollar almost went bankrupt. In fact, during the Nixon administration, the dollar almost completely went out, right before Watergate and all these other things. The dollar almost submerged, and Nixon and his group realized that the American dollar was going to lose its power in other countries, and they froze money. They froze the assets of the dollar. And they began using things like tariffs. They began using things like putting certain, if you will, penalties on other countries that didn't fulfil the obligation. In fact, we made there was a lot of pacts, and I'm not gonna go into the historical account, there's a lot of pacts and things where we told Russia you better not invade Canada and you better not invade Mexico because that's on our borders or we'll get involved and Yet now we're spending trillions of dollars in Ukraine doing the exact opposite of what we promised them. We told them they shouldn't do. We're doing exactly what we told them not to do, so they're mad at us. Do you realize the war in Ukraine is not Ukraine anymore? It's the United States fighting Russia. It has nothing to do with Ukraine. Russia doesn't want us near their border, and they're saying basically we had an opportunity to take Canada, but we backed off, and Mexico and South America, and we backed off years ago. Now you're doing what you said you wouldn't do, and now it's become Russia and the United States We've sent thousands upon thousands and trillions of dollars worth of vehicles and things saying we're helping the Ukrainian people. And by all means, I I do believe there are good people there, but Russia is not seeing it that way. They're seeing it as a direct threat to the United States versus Russia. What happened is the American dollar, they needed to keep their power. Well, so far from that 70s window forward, we have begun to ride, if you will, help ride the ups and downs of those decisions what has happened is just over a couple weeks and months ago some of the other countries started getting smart they realized wait a minute we have the oil we have the gold we have the resources so why don't we partner with the guy beside us if I've got oil in Venezuela and, and, and Saudi Arabia if I got oil and all these other countries have gold and France has resources. Why don't the two of us come up with the currency and leave the United States out? Because they have nothing to offer us. And they're creating global currencies. Now, some of you may have never heard of this, but it's called a one-world currency. It's something the Bible describes as being able to be controlled by one-world governments. In fact, there's a group together called BRICS and I, it stands for different countries I think it's like uh, uh, Britain and Russia and uh, China's involved Saudi Arabia and Indo India and there's just different ones that are that are all all tied in there together they have come and met together in fact China and France just a couple months ago met together and they've already created a currency between the two of them for exchanging that has nothing to do with the dollar they use their own currency between France and China now you can't even go and exchange the American dollar in those countries for that because it doesn't mean anything. And over time, other countries are beginning to buy into this strategy. We don't have the oil, they do. We don't have the gold, they do. And the reality of it is it's going to, if we're not careful, it's going to usher in right before our very eyes with us not even paying attention, a one world government, a one world currency to where all of us are going to look back and go, well, how did we end up here? You can go look this stuff up. Brianna was with me when when I, I was doing this stuff, we heard these same statistics and things together. She knows I'm not making this up. She's seen the same things I've seen. There's no way you can, you can go back and validate all of these things. But I do still believe, though. I was having a conversation with that, a person that we were talking about that stuff, and we were just talking about, you know, yes, it is wise and prudent to be prepared. You know, the ant prepares and He's not a sluggard. He prepares for the winter, and I get all that, and by all means, please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. Yes, you should prepare. Yes, you should keep your eyes peeled. Yes, you should store up for a rainy day. Miranda was saying after we had read that, she said, what am I supposed to do? I've got got things, investments and stuff and stocks and stuff like that. Should I get rid of it since the dollar's not anything, and should I buy this and and that and the other, and we were talking to somebody else who's a financial uh, uh, person, they said, I don't know what to tell you either. We don't really know. It's just all up in the air, and we just don't know what to say, and they kind of looked at me, and. And I said, yes, I hear we need to be prudent. We need to do this, and we need to do that. I said, but I trust God. And at the end of the day, I am in no way, shape, or form saying to you, you shouldn't do your homework, you shouldn't do due diligence, and you shouldn't uh, do things that, you know, are preparing for the rainy day. But I'm telling you, you can prepare all you want to. You can build barns. You can build bigger barns. You can have vats. You can have bigger vats. You can plant seed and plant more seed. But if you don't put God in the center of it, it will all wash away, and you'll die with all of it not going with you. Now, I am not saying don't be prepared. Don't leave here and say, well, Pastor said, I don't have to be prepared. I can just trust God. No, I'm telling you, there's a there's a line between you have to be prepared, you have to be diligent. God said for us to be prudent and wise, but there comes a point. We have to trust God because I don't plan on staying here as long as they say we have to stay here for this mess. I believe, Church of God, we'll learn this in a couple weeks. For those of you that are on our Wednesday night study with us, we are pre-millennial and pre-tribulational church. What does that mean? That means before it goes to hell in a handbasket, I won't be here. You figure it out, honey. I won't be here. If you want to come to church that Sunday, that's fine. The microphone will be here. My Bible will be here because I'm going home with Jesus in a twinkling of an eye. I've made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. You can preach all you want to. You can use all the media you want to. You can invite all the people you want to. But before hell shows up, before the devil takes over, before the Antichrist and before the mark of the beast and all this stuff, I don't plan on having to try to decide whether to take the mark of the beast because I plan on being gone before it comes here you say well pastor i thought there are some that get saved during the antichrist reign that didn't take the mark that's right but it's going to be a whole lot harder to say no then than it is to say yes to jesus now because it will affect your money it will affect your income it will affect your ability to buy groceries it will affect your health i'm telling you i don't want to be put in that predicament that if jesus says i can go sooner as soon as he says i can go i'm going when he says i can go i'm out of here so how do we live? How do we live with all of this chaos, past with all this stuff? How, how do we get from there to the coming of the day? Well, I want to tell you before I un- unpack all of this, the coming of the Lord is approaching a whole lot sooner than you think. It's here. It's here. If these one world governments and these countries start making their own currency like they are doing and these treaties make it, eventually we are going to be dependent even more than we are today on them than them dependent on us. And I do believe with all my heart what the prophet, well, what the king, but prophetically prayed, Second Chronicles, when he prayed unto the Lord, he said, God, I want you to let the glory of this house be greater than that of the former house. I want the latter house. I want your glory to fall. And And I still believe for the United States, but more importantly for the church of the living God. God said he's always going to have a remnant. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, he said, But if my people will come together, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I heal from heaven. I'll forgive their sins, but I'll heal their land. If you go back and look up the word land, it's talking about the nation. That's what the land was designed. That was what the, the word they were using. So what He's saying is, If my people will come together and turn to me, I'll fix the rest of it. I'll take care of it. I'll handle it the hope of the church Well, the question is how shall we live until he comes well the first thing is i think you have to have a life of prayer if you can't pray you're gonna be in trouble now if you're a baby christian and all you can see all you can say is you know now i lay me down to sleep, i pray the lord those kinds of prayers then god to god be the glory you're making an effort good You've been saved for 30 years, and you still can't get past the "now I lay me down to sleep" type prayers. There's a problem. There's a problem. In fact, the apostle Paul goes on a, on a, if you will, a little bit of a spiritual rant in one of his letters, and he said some people have been stuck on the milk far too long. It's time for them to get off the bottle and start eating the meat of the word. They're, they've been, they've been bottle-fed way longer than they needed to be. What he's really saying is some people get to a point they'll just get complacent when God needs you to go deeper. He needs you to go further. He needs you to get involved even more than you already are. You realize that prayer is the most talked about experience of the Christian faith, but is often the most, if you will, the least used practice of the Christian faith. According to statistics, there are more sermons that are preached on prayer. Prayer is the most talked about experience of the Christian journey. But based on statistics, sadly, it is often the least practice of the spiritual disciplines. We preach about it all the time. But when they do these statistics and ask these pointed questions, they come to find out that while they've people have heard hundreds of messages about it, they just don't do what they've heard. They don't do it. You know, sadly, many people miss their blessings that could be theirs all because of a lack of not being able to commune with God, have communication with God. In fact, the book of James, we just came out of that biblical book study not too long ago. James 4 and 2 says, you lust, but you do not have. You murder and covet, but still can't obtain it. You fight and rage war over it, yet you still don't have it because you ask. What he's saying is, you're, you're trying to go about it the wrong way. You have not, because you have to, if you just talk to the Lord, some of the other things could take care of itself if we just brought it to God. Many blessings that are given to people are often given when to God are given when they call on to God in prayer. Meaning, there's a lot of times in our lives when we go to God in prayer, we receive benefits and blessings from that moment we spent with Him in prayer. Jesus said. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask in prayer, believe that you can receive them and you will have them. That's Mark eleven twenty-four. 24. That's what Jesus said. When you pray, believe in what you ask for. Believe it. The Bible teaches us God expects us to pray. 1 Timothy 2 and 8, I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. God wants us to be in constant prayer. Now, I say, well, Pastor, I have to work a job. And I have kids to watch. I have family obligations. Not everybody said that you had to just go lock yourself in a closet all day long, never come out all day long, and stay there for the rest of your life. That's not what we mean when we say pray without ceasing. You can pray when you're driving in a car. You can pray internally in your mind, if you will, in your head. You know, I've been many a times I, I've been driving in a car, and there may be other people in the car, and they're having a conversation, and I just basically tuned them out. Because in that moment, I was praying because a text message came, and or I knew that somebody had just called and said that they were headed to the hospital or whatever, and I was not able to get there at that moment, and so instead of, you know, praying out loud, freaking everybody out in the car, in my head, I started thinking and praying in my spirit, Lord, you got to help sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so. I'm still praying. They don't know that. They think I'm driving the car, but I'm praying in, in the mode of while I'm driving the car. There are times that I've sat in a desk. I've sat in a meeting. I've... I've sat in a conference and I, I have heard stories in the middle of a conference, something happened or I, I'm just sitting there and I hear some statistic that just breaks my heart regarding lost people or regarding the state of the church and in my heart, immediately my mind goes God, you got to help the church. I didn't get up on front of the people. I didn't grab a microphone. I didn't go to the chairman and say, Mr. Chairman, can I say a word before the body? I didn't do any of that, but I still was able to pray. What are you saying? I'm saying that all throughout the course of your day, there are moments, even if you don't audibly say it, God says that the Spirit can pray for us and we can have that communication with God you can be praying in silence and the spirit of the Lord interpret it to God in heaven and still be praying and nobody even knows you've said a word it happens all the time pray without ceasing you know in fact the disciples they came to Jesus one day and they said Jesus we want to have a prayer life like yours Like you go off to the mountains you seclude yourself and you pray and you come down Blind eyes are open, deaf ears are open, lame walk, dumb speak. We want that kind of prayer. He said, really? They said, yes, teach us how to pray. Tell us how to do it. She said, okay. He said, when you pray, I want you to pray like this. In fact, he said, I want you to pray our Father who's in heaven. Hallowed be your name. What you're doing in that moment is you're, you're acknowledging He, who He is, and how great and majestic He is. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is. now you're acknowledging that He is from another dimension that you can't understand, and He can only do what only He can do. Thy kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, meaning that what He does in earth, what He does in heaven, and on earth is in His sovereign will and plan. Whatever He decides to do, it's His call to make. Give us this day our daily bread. What are you saying? I'm saying that that, when I pray like that, what Jesus is telling his disciples is you pray to God for your substance. Don't depend on man. You pray to God. God will be the supplier of all your needs. You pray to God. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, my God shall supply all my needs according to the riches in Christ Jesus. That's what Jesus was telling. You come to God. God will take care of the rest. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. What he's saying is ask God to make sure you're in right standing with him when this is all said and done. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That means, God, direct my steps. The steps of a good man and woman are ordered of the Lord. God, lead me in paths you want me to walk. He said, not only to lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Meaning, God, I, re- I recognize, again, this is all according to your will. Now and forever. Amen. really wasn't that hard. It takes about minute if you really just read it and you quote it right out of the Bible it'll take you about 48 seconds to say that prayer that's not really a long prayer brother Mike 48 seconds or so but that's what Jesus' model was for prayer a person of prayer normally is a purpose of a person of purpose provision protection and praise they will they have a a, if you will a a characteristics about them. not only does God want us to be men and women that have a life of prayer, and I tell you, God wants us to live a holy life, too. That's harder to talk about. It's an easy word to say, but a hard word to live. In fact, the root word of holiness is the word holy. It's easy, four letters. Just come rolls right off the tongue. Lord, you're holy. It's just real simple. It's an easy word to say, Sometimes it's a hard word to live out. Now, I have heard and I have lived and I have experienced where there are times I do believe that holiness is God's standard. I do believe that. And I do believe that there is a certain characteristic or, if you will, a certain demeanor you should approach the holiness of God. I'm a firm believer that, you know, bring God your best, the sacrifices of the day. They were brought by the, the priest. They had the bells tied around their feet. they go on the Day of Atonement. they take the sacrifice. They would pour it out on the uh, mercy seat to atone for the sins of the people. That person wasn't right. They dropped dead. They were right. Good job. You got to live. The reality of it is it was a, it was a very Not only ceremonial experience, but it was a very sovereign and reverent and a respectful situation. You didn't just haphazardly walk in the Holy of Holies and go, here I am, God. What you got for me today? Now, I would caution by saying this, and I know I'm talking to the cream of the crop and what I'm about to say probably going to apply to nobody in this room and it should have been preached on Sunday morning when all the, in our words, all the other heathens come to church because they come on Sunday morning to get, you know, they they can get out easier, but but I'm just going to say it anyway, too many people come too casually to God that it's a wonder he doesn't still have the Levitical, if you will, uh, order established because if God still treated us today and didn't show us mercy and grace like he has instituted during the tabernacle season of time, There may be a lot less people living today. God is not a man that you just flippantly show up and be like, what's up, man? Hey, today I talked to the big guy in the sky. No, you didn't talk to the big guy in the sky. You talked to God. I talked to a great supreme being. No, you talked to God. I talked to someone out there that's just kind of like big energy. Just somewhere out there I just believe there's someone that's got, a, that's got everything working, it's just kind of like this big ball of energy, and you know, it's just it you all know, just kind of, the solar systems work together, and just this energy and karma no, you talk to God you talk to God now, I'm going to dig myself a little bit deeper in a hole the reality of it is holiness outlined by God is not always same holiness outlined by man Do not misread what I'm about to say God did never never in the Bible will you find you are only holy if you wear a shirt and tie to church on Sunday morning you can't find that in scripture you can't find in scripture yes I still believe you should come bring your breast before the Lord I, I I'm all about that and and there are people the Bible says you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling and your own convictions I get that now there are certain things Don't misread. There are certain things in the Bible, the Ten Commandments. There are certain things. They're not debatable. They're not amendable. They're not up for discussion. They are black and white. God said it. That's it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to like it. So what? That's what judge not lest you also be judged. In whatever manner you judge, so you likewise be judged. I mean, they're just black and white. That's the way it's going to be. And there's nothing to do about it. That's just facts. I have had everybody in, I have had every walk of life in my family. I've had people in my family that were, what? Phenomenal church we called of called of the older generation, old school, no makeup, no jewelry, no pants, all dresses, shirts and ties, three-piece suits. In fact, when my mom and dad got married, my mom and dad didn't even exchange wedding rings. They exchanged Bibles. God's honest truth. Bibles. It wasn't until I was probably 16 years old before my dad ever once ever considered wearing a wedding ring. And it was due to a different situation, and there were some things that obviously that, that we felt like, or they felt like at the time, was the reason for that. But the reality of it is, I am in no way, shape, or form throwing the baby out with the bathwater. But nowhere in Scripture will you find. Now you say, well, Pastor, there's a Scripture. Don't let your, you know, don't want to adorn yourself without outward jewelry, and don't do this, and do that, and do the other. Yes, but there's also a fine line between that and being tasteful. Nobody's asking you to look like you're on the. Some kind of Broadway runway, nobody is asking you to be uh, you know, an earring display. Nobody's asking you, you know, I've heard I've heard everybody call them, Well, sister so and so's wear brain balances. I don't even know what that means. I didn't even know you could balance your brain. I've heard those are like those big earrings, you know, people you say, Oh, they wear brain balances. I'm like, how does, how does that work? Like how heavy do those things have to be to balance your brain? What I'm here to tell you is I'm not knocking those that still believe in that way of life of no makeup, no jury. What I'm saying is, but over the years of time, I believe the church, and I'm not talking about church of God only, I'm talking about universal church, we have hurt people by putting man's holiness on lives rather than teaching people the holiness of God for their life. Because I'm going to tell you, there is a difference between legalism and relationship. And I'm also going to tell you that if God wants them to change, he does a really good job at changing things. In fact, you can't you can't clean a fish until you catch a fish, and if you don't catch the fish, there's no point in cleaning it because you ain't got one to clean. The reality is God's called us to be fishers of men, not cleaners of men. Read the word. Now, I'm not saying that we don't decide them. older women teach the younger, older men teach. Yes, I'm all about that. But don't you think Jesus can talk to them too if he talked to us? If Jesus saved us, if Jesus changed us, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't you think that if they get taught the word, preach the word, hear the word, God can tell them what they need to do? Now, I'm not sitting here saying, but I, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, sister so-and-so, you know, I can't have them on the praise team because they wore makeup, or I can't have sister so-and-so on the praise team. Yes, I believe you should be properly dressed. I believe you should be properly attired. I believe there is a way you come before God, not any flip-it-all way you give God your best. But I do believe, Sometimes people talk, preach, especially certain situations, on the holiness of God. Sometimes we put our own agenda to decide the holiness of God, then letting God speak for his own self regarding the holiness of God. So, let's get ready. You don't have to play yet, but just I'm, I'm wrapping up. We'll pick up part two. I want to give you some examples of what God said. This was not man. This is not debatable. It's not amendable. This is God's word. No, you're not going to hear shirts and ties. You're not going to hear a certain look. What you're going to hear is the scripture. There's a thing called holiness of mind. Because the Bible says in Philippians 4 and 8, Whatever things are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and of good report and of excellence and worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these. That's one way God describes holiness. He also describes holiness of heart. Matthew 5 and 8, Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they're the ones that see God. There are holiness of hands. I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. 1 Timothy 2 and 8, pure hands. We are to be holy, for God did not call us to be unclean, full of uncleanliness, but in holiness. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 7, Without holiness we cannot please God. Pursue peace with all people. And holiness without which no one shall see the Lord. Hebrews 12, 14. Psalms 93 and 5. Your testimonies are sure. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. And there's countless other scriptures. In the day and hour that we're living in, Ms. Carol, if you make your way. In the day and hour that we're living in. Do I still believe the holiness? Yes. I'm going to tell you in just a couple weeks, we're going to be teaching, still talking about, and we've already unpacked it somewhat on Wednesday night in the Church of God, Declaration of Faith and Teaching, that we still believe holiness is God's standard of living for his people. We hold true to that. We don't, we don't uh, denounce that. We don't, in any way, shape, or form, try to hide that. A lot of people out in this world that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ because the day of the Lord is approaching. But you can't wait. We can't wait. Others can't wait until they already are cleaned up to welcome them into the family. Sometimes you got to bring them in so that God can clean them up. I love when people talk about going fishing and they pull the fish out of the water. I have never seen any fisher lady. I've never seen anybody go throw their line out in the water, start reeling it in, and when they reel it in, it's already pre-battered and cooked. It still stinks. It's still slimy. It's still flapping around because it doesn't like that something is interfering with its way of life. That fish is just going crazy on the line because it's not happy. That it's got a hook in its mouth and it's being disfurnished, it's not really happy to jump in your boat. It's still slimy and gr- grimy and, 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 and stinks. Brother Mike, when you take it home, you get all the you do all the dirty work, you, it dies, and you clean it, lay it, wash it off, whether you freeze it or whether you get the flour out right then and you batter it, you drop it in that hot oil invite all your friends over and everybody comes over and they say, man, that is a good fish. Everybody enjoyed the benefits of the good fish and ain't nobody was out there watching you struggle with it in the boat when it's stunk. People don't come to church that are lost in sin pre-clean. They come because they're sinners. The reality of it is when they come in sin sometimes they're not going to always know what to do. The first Sunday they come to church, they may dress differently than us. They may look differently than us. They don't know any different. They're being disfurnished in their way of life. They're not comfortable in that moment. But something hooked them. Something made them turn in the parking lot. Something made them walk to an altar. I've literally been in services where I've watched people that were drunk come to an altar drunk on alcohol by the time the people of god done, done praying with them they still smelled like alcohol but they were sobered up because the holy spirit got them drunk in new wine of the holy spirit their clothes still stunk but they were a new man when they got up the reality of it is what if then the person were to walk in that service if somebody said yeah but you see there you know you kind of smell you don't look like us you, on the back row, you know, pastor can talk to you after service. you I mean, what, what if we kind of pushed them aside in that moment? What would have happened to their life? The reality of it is we talk about a life of prayer and a life of holiness. There are things in our lives, yes, the day of the Lord is approaching. We must be careful that as we live our lives, and we'll pick up part two next week and talk about some other things, as we live our lives as the day of the Lord approaches, we must be careful not to project Our own agendas, our own ideologies, our own beliefs to a certain degree on people because they need to hear what God has for their life. Not everybody will look the part, dress the part, sing the part, play the part. We're all different. Even in all of our musicians and singers that are up here, every one of them are a little bit different. Are they gifted? Sure. Brother Mike's phenomenal playing the trumpet. Outside of Sister Jennifer, probably, who could probably play it the right way because she plays a brass instrument. But outside of the two of them, any of us try to go up there and play it, it is not going to sound pretty when we blow through the tube. It's going to squeal. It's going to hurt your ears, and you're going to go, Oh, my gosh, what have they done? Sister Carol plays so beautifully on the organ and the piano. I send Brother Larry over there to play the piano next Sunday morning send Sister Carol to the drums. You're going to think, what in the world did the preacher do today? Because Sister Carol ain't going to play the drums, and Brother Larry is going to be playing chopsticks, and Mary had a little lamb for every worship song. Because we're all different. God can clean people better than I can clean people. God can fix people better than I can fix people. My job's not to fix them. My job's to introduce them. My job is not, it might be to train them, it might be to help them grow in their faith, but I can't train them until, Brother Mike, I introduce them to a man that changed my life. I think, of Brother, and I'm going to pray, but I think of people like Brother Wendell, who I love, as a part of our church. Every time I think of these sermons and I begin to preach about things like this and God changing lives and things like that, I always think of CLM, and I think back in that February we held, the first time we ever held a graduation here, and it was a young lady uh, that was having hers, I think Daphne was her name, she was having hers, Brother Wendell was the other one, he was the male version of the CLM graduating that night, this place was packed, Pastor Tommy, Pastor Mickey, all these guys were having, I mean, it was packed, we had standing in room only, Brother Wendell got a here, he was talking about his life in North Carolina, he shared his, his heart, he was telling his story about how he went through the program, and how God changed his life, and all these different things, and of course we all were excited about it, and then, and then a couple weeks later, he had this marriage showed up at the church, with us and we've been walking this journey with them and she's been battling cancer and, and I always think about it, if, if somebody walk into church next Sunday and never met Wendell Weaver a day in their life they may not know he's got probably one of the best testimonies in the room they may not know he's a jack of all trades he's done car repairs he's had his own business he's smart not know that every time we've had a church work day brother wendell's been out here working like a dog with the rest of us i mean i know because they might just see brother wendell who's at church he's got a nice shirt on he's worshiping with us i mean i know how far god's brought him from to get him to that pew that sunday what if next sunday morning somebody walks in they may not look the part what if they're the next wendell weaver they're here today but oh what they'll look like in a months or a few years down the road, what will they look like when God's finished with them? What will the final product look like? So I'll pose this question as we pray. How are you and I going to live until the day of the Lord approaches? For me, we'll continue this next week. For me, my new lease on life, if you will, you know, 2023 and 2024, I cast the 2022 and 2023 church year I've cast the idea of I want to reach one person one family and one community at a time for Jesus Christ I want to reach them, reach disciple pray I want to reach them but I can't reach them unless I go find them for me as much as I want to train people disciple people and then join the body of Christ join in all the different ministries of the church the more I watch this world shape up right now my primary focus is make sure I encounter somebody, every time I encounter somebody, I want to make sure they know Jesus Christ. They may never show up at our church a day in their life. They might be at Walmart and they might just be standing there talking to the checkout line and just telling me, just chit chatting about, man, there ain't nobody here checking out. Man, what good is it to have people employed? There ain't nobody out here. And I go, yeah, I understand. Like, man, it's been a rough, rough week. You know, maybe they had a bad week and that person's like, yeah, but you know, i am tell you what, my week's been bad too. And they share it. they get done, I want God to be able to talk to my spirit and say, now pray for them. I can turn around and say, hey, I don't know how bad your week is, but I am somebody can make it better. I don't want anybody to die and not know who Jesus Christ is. I'm not worried. Please don't misread what I'm about to say. I'm not worried if this church gets packed with people anymore. Not that that was my focal point, but, yes, I we build a church. That's great. I'd love to. If God sends us hundreds of people, that would be great. But if we never build a building up front hundreds of people as a revolving door walk through this church and give their heart to Jesus Christ and they may give it to Jesus and go to another church across town but if they let us be a part of the journey of leading them to Jesus Christ it means a whole lot more to me than the ephesus on the front property up front I just want to know people know Jesus that's how I plan on living till the day of the Lord approaches only you can decide how will you live until the day of the Lord approaches let's pray Father thank you for presence of God we have felt in this place today. Father, for every man, woman, boy, or girl that's under the sound of my voice or that's watching online, Father, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord would just speak to them today. Let them know that we have been with you. We have been in the presence of the Lord. Father, I'm asking today that the question that rings out, how then shall we live? The question should be, Lord, are we going to live a life do everything we can to reach people for Jesus Christ? Father, as we get ready to leave this place, go to and grow to our destinations and homes and places of abode. may you lead, guide, and protect us. May you go with us. May you bless us, keep us, make your face shine upon us, be gracious to us, lift up your countenance towards us. Give us the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. Guard our hearts until you come again. Father, let the words of our mouths and meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and redeemer, until we can convene again. Let us live in the fullness of the joy of the Lord. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. For that, Lord, we commit all of this in the loving arms of Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. Together the God said, amen. Before Brother Randy closes us in prayer, don't forget Wednesday night, Bible study at 7 p.m. We will be continuing our series on uh, declaration of faith. Uh, I do, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we're on water baptism this week. We're going to talk about what the symbolism of, the importance of it, why people do it, and the reason we still believe in it, by immersion. We'll talk about that on Wednesday night. Don't forget, if you have not already signed up, please sign up for breakfast if you're coming for our senior meeting. on. Saturday here at the church, uh, so we can prepare accordingly. Brother Randy, I'm going to ask you to stand. And close out in prayer immediately following that. Feel free to be this. Disp-